Welcome to Episode 3 of The Thing You Do, a podcast about interesting jobs and the people who do them. I'm your host, Tammy, and when I first decided to create this podcast, I asked my Facebook friends which jobs they'd like to know more about. Well, several people said they were interested in voice acting, and that worked out well for me because in addition to my work as a podcast host, I'm also a voiceover talent, and I have a number of friends in the business, so I knew finding someone to talk about it was not going to be a problem. What was difficult, I found, was to stay in the role of interviewer and not slip into a lot of shop talk with today's guest. And there are a few times that happened, but in listening back, I felt that in many of those instances, the conversation was useful for anyone considering getting into voice acting, so I didn't end up editing that part out. That said, join me in welcoming Ian Russell to the podcast. Ian is an award-winning voice actor with a flair for British and international English accents. His voice has been featured on TV, in cinema, in video games, on radio, and as an audiobook narrator. Let's pretend, Ian, that we just met, okay? Uh-huh. We found ourselves sitting next to each other at the movies. We've struck yeah. up a conversation. Yeah. We're getting ready to watch, I don't know, the, less, the latest Disney animation. Okay. Um, the lights won't go down for a couple of minutes, and you just told me that you're a voice actor. So, mm-hmm. what Ian. What do you do? I'm a voice actor. Right. Yeah, we, we talked about, <laughs> you know, we were like, oh, did you hear that, um, I don't know, Paul Rudd is is the voice actor for this movie and you say oh well you know I'm a voice actor so I say really and so before the lights dim and the trailers start Ian <laughs> tell me about the thing you do I, I, I kind of I often uh, when people ask what do you do it, it's kind of like I get paid to stand in a box and wave my arms around <laughs> 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 um but it, you know what? It, it's like it's whenever whenever you see or hear hear anything, but you can't see the person that you can hear. You know that's what a voice act voice actor does. They, they they perform something with just their voice and no picture. Someone else adds a picture afterwards, and and so that's what I do. Which is why I can stand in a box and and I don't have to go anywhere. I can just you know my commute's very short, which is nice. Um. But, but it, it, it can be quite... Well, it's not lonely. You know, people ask about, oh, don't you get lonely? And it's not lonely, but uh, it is very solitary. You do spend a lot of time in your own company. I suppose you have to be comfortable with that. Definitely. So where are, um, where are some places that people might have heard your voice? So, um, I mean, the, the most visible places are, you know, we're here in the cinema. It's, you know, it's... Uh, Disney movies and and you know people will recognise you know that's uh, that's a voiceover um, you know cartoons uh, TV commercials that kind of thing but for me I you know the, the the you know movies is is the very pinnacle of you know of the LA of the Los Angeles you know community and and you know I'm not that I'm not that you know I, I describe myself perhaps as a, more of a jobbing voice actor but. For me, if you wanted to know where you would hear me in the public domain, it would be more likely in something like video games. Um, I've done quite a lot of work in in video games, so my voice is heard in various video games. Um, So that's where you'd hear me. But uh, uh, unless you work for a large corporate and they've put you in a room to learn about health and safety or (laughs) slip and trip falls or... Uh, uh, the latest uh, health and safety concerns over COVID, you know, um, uh, you'll hear a lot of people 
um, doing that kind of work at the moment. Okay. All right. Shh. The movie started. Pass the popcorn. Oh, you did great. That was great. Good job. How did you get into voice acting? Was that something that you always wanted to do? Was it something you kind of accidentally tripped into? How did that happen for you? Completely. It was never a plan, ever. It was not on my radar at all. Um, I I sometimes describe myself as a failed stage actor. Mm. When I was much, much younger than I am today, uh, so much younger than there's a Beatles reference in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was I did a, a bit of stage work, and I went to the Edinburgh International Festival and did some stuff up there, that kind of thing. But I could never pay the bills with it. Um, so I went and got a proper job and met my now wife, who's American, uh, in Holland, where I was working at the time. That's a complex story as well. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, we're married, we're blah, blah, blah. We've moved back to England uh, and uh, she's looking for a Christmas gift to give to her hubby, you know, the the man who has everything kind of thing. You know, what do you mm-hmm. need when you get to your uh, mid, late 40s, early 50s? What, what, do you, what do you need? You don't really need anything. You know, I don't need another pair of socks for sure. So she bought me, because she'd never known me when I'd done my acting, she bought me uh, a one-day workshop in London, an introduction to voiceover. Oh, wow. In, that was my Christmas present in 2012. Uh, I had just turned 50. Uh, so that's where I would trace it from, is her buying me a Christmas present. Now, what were you doing? What was your proper job? I, I was a wealth manager for a private bank. In the oh. UK, uh, you, it, to sit in my office, you had to have uh, seven-figure sums in your bank accounts. So we would have never met, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, no, knows? we would have never crossed who paths. Knows? Well, well uh, you know, you don't live in the UK either, so right. Well, that's uh, what I meant. You know. <laughs> it's because um, I wasn't in the my, in England. My office was right in the very, very centre of uh, Oxford in the in the Cotswolds. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, you know. 400-year-old building, stained glass windows, and I had uh, the corner office on the second floor. Uh, so, you know, it, that was wonderful. I would, you know, when I wasn't um, sitting with clients and I just was, you know, writing reports or whatever, I had a view out of my of my office window down to Christchurch College and the fields and the river. That was beautiful, you know. Um, so you were doing you were doing very well in your position. Of wealth management, making you my were... making my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that and then, pesky wife. Well, I, I mean, a combination of events, really. Um, so remember the credit crunch, you know, two thousand and eight, sure. nine, ten, and then you know, suddenly the banks are finding trying desperate to find ways of cutting costs before they go bust, mm-hmm. uh, and that touched everybody. So they're you know shrinking and consolidating and shrinking and consolidating and using technology to replace people. So. Uh, I effectively had to reapply for my own position as they as they consolidated uh, three times in five years. Uh, wow! Which, you know, from like two thousand eight onwards to you know twenty twelve ish. From that, I would go up to other workshops in London. It was a bit of fun. It was a release from the from the corporate grind, and I would walk into 
a workshop in in London and everybody do that ice breaking thing of you know state your name and what you do and people would talk about the plays they've been in the TV shows they'd been in and all that and it'd get to me and I'd say I work for a bank and <laughs> you know are they going to throw me out or what you know how dare you what are you doing here um, but then another round of reorganisation came along and I'm like I can't do this anymore I'm going to have a heart attack. You know, so I put my hand up and said, "When you, if you're looking for volunteers to go, I'll go. Wow. Uh, so they were looking for volunteers to go. My wife, as I said, was American. So we decided we would sell everything and move to America. So we ended up in South Carolina where my wife's family are. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I'm 50, uh, 50 52 now, actually. Um, what am I going to do? So I went to the guy that I'd gone to that first ever workshop with and said, will anyone ever hire me? And he sent me off with a ringing endorsement of, I don't see why not. (laughs) So I landed in America at the end of 2014. So that's six years ago, knew nothing, knew no one and decided I'd be a voice actor because I didn't know what else to do. What a great, (laughs) scary, brave story that is. But sometimes those are when the best things happens when happen when you have literally no other options. So you think, what the heck? I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'll be unemployed. Well, guess what? I'm already unemployed. Right. Right. So I set myself, you know, I said, uh, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'll, so I set myself and wrote a little business plan, which was, you know, in a year you've got to earn X, otherwise there's no point, mm-hmm. you know, go and sell cars. <laughs> right. Go and get a job at the local Jaguar dealer. You know, hello, American person with lots of money. Come and sit in this two-seater British sports coupe. You know you want one. Well, look, the <laughs> accent already would have you leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else trying to do that for a living. So <laughs> well, I was, was ready a, to buy a Jaguar just yeah, then. Yeah, that was, that was sort of my fallback position, you know, desperately go and sell a Jaguar. Um, uh, but I did it. You know, I... I I scrambled my way up and and managed to justify, you know, investing a, a year of my life in doing it. So then I wrote a new business plan and I said, okay, now I have to do 2X. And I did that. And then year three, it was 4X, mm-hmm. you know. And, and after three years, I was like, oh, I have a business. <laughs> I guess it's all right. I'll have to do this now. <laughs> Well, and I guess it's all right. Um, so you just recently had an incredible moment in your career. So you said you you kind of officially got started. You said it was it 2012? I didn't audition for a single job until 2014. Okay. So six years ago is when you kind of turned this into, yeah. I'm going to try to do I'll this for real. I'll give that voiceover malarkey a go was, yeah. was what I was and thought. Yeah. Then just recently, you became an award-winning voice actor. Tell me about that. Mm. In the UK, they have something called the One Voice Awards. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose it's the equivalent. It's a voice. So it's not the BAFTAs. You know, it's not. It's not like that. But it's. uh, It's your peer group. You know, your Mm -hmm. peer group is deciding whether you're any good or not. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I got nominated for three awards. I got nominated for two last year, didn't win any of them. And I got nominated for three this year. And I won two of them. Um, and the one of them was voice actor of the year, or wow. male voice actor of the year, which was surreal. 
Yeah, because that's like the big one. That's like if you know if we're talking Emmys, that's like actor of the year. I mean, that's a big yeah. That's a big yeah, award. Yeah, it is. It's a pinnacle. And I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, I have a 30 year career as a wealth manager. You know, and five minutes as a as an actor, and and I'm suddenly they've made me voice actor of the year. So I've got, to, you know, I've got to pretend I know what I'm talking about now. You have to live up to it. So uh, one of the yeah. awards you won was for animation, and yeah. um, you that was for your role as a vulture. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little kiddie show called Badanamu Cadets, uh-huh. um, and uh, they keep foiling the evil plans of uh, of the whatever the other gang's called, which I can't remember. But there were there were several episodes where their boss turned up to check on how they were doing and their boss was this vulture senior and uh he describes his you're just not grumbly enough you know he was you're not grumbly enough the grumbly they must be the grumbly gang oh that plan failed this plan failed you know Give me one more chance no it's over for you uh so uh um I put that up for animation and they decided that it won that is so so exciting it's, it's validating yeah, it is I think. Yeah. it is it is and it, but very surreal still you know surreal so what because i i think a lot of people you know you talked about not having a long commute and you know kind of <laughs> spending a lot of time talking to yourself in a room i don't i think a lot of people might think of of it as a little bit more glamorous than it the work itself that it actually is. So describe what like a typical day in your work is like. Well, I, I walk to work every day. I'm very, you know, uh, I, I feel that exercise is important. So my 20 steps, my studio <laughs> is very important to me. Um, Look at you saving the environment. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yes, green. Yes. Why did you become a voice actor? Well, I wanted to save the environment. Um so, I, well, uh, six years later, so I've got to a point where in our home, I have, you know, one of the bedrooms is is now my studio. Uh, it, that's it's my office. So it's it's not like I, you know, when I when I first started, I stuck a microphone in the walk in closet and and hid under a jumper, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a proper studio now, if you like, which I'm sitting in now. Um so I mean, like it's in. I suppose the nuts and bolts of it is just like any other office job. You know, I check my emails. I, I, I. You know, I'm a freelancer, so I'm, I'm reaching out to to people who might hire me and and try and you know pass my business card over to them, which in voiceover land is, you know, an, a series of of audio clips, you know, edited together that someone can listen to. You know, if if you don't have a the right voice or the right kind of performance they're not going to hire you. So, so you've got to show people that you can do what you do. So I'm doing that. And and that probably forms, you know, 80% of, of what I do. You know, it's just, it's a, I'm running a small business. I have to do my own taxes. I have to, um, you know, prepare my own marketing materials, all that kind of thing. So when you were doing the voice of, of Mr. Vulture, yes, <clears throat> you know, I'm imagining you. enough. <laughs> I'm imagining you, you know, you're in your your little studio and you're in your house and was somebody directing you? How did how was that in, or were you just giving case, a bunch in, of different reads? Yes. So in that particular instance, um I recorded the script 
and sent it to the director and he listened to it and sent back some feedback notes and then I recorded it again and sent it back and then they were happy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and probably that happens more often than not, but th- there are circumstances where, where you'll connect with the creative director at the other end and, and they'll, they'll give you immediate feedback. So on Friday, um, I was recording for a, a TV spot for, uh, should be going live this week. So I don't, I didn't have to sign an NDA. So uh, NDA is non-disclosure agreement. A lot of times you have to, you have to say that you won't say anything before a project goes live. Right. Um, Trade secrets and all. Well, let me just say this. I was recording for one of the larger soft drink manufacturers for a TV okay. advert, which will go out in the local market in, uh, Philadelphia way this mm-hmm. week for, is to do with the, the NFL. The, the I soccer. Gotcha. You call it football. I would call right. it American football. You, yeah, yeah, you know that drink for that game. <laughs> yeah, all that. Anyway, um, so uh, so I was doing that, and that was a, where someone was vocally in the booth with me, uh, giving me immediate feedback and and doing the performance that way. And in those circumstances, I'll just send them the file, and they'll want to edit everything. But when you do it yourself, without any director, you then have to go and clean the audio and take out all the little mouse clicks and and all the errors. You know, you stumble over words all the time and all that kind of thing. So, Yeah, I think there's an impression that, you know, you just get in and you just have this talent to read through and, and do it perfectly and never trip over. And what people don't, I think, understand <laughs> is that there's for every minute of voice or audio that you hear yeah it probably takes you know four times as long to to clean it than it took to actually record it yeah so let's say you know someone asks you what kind of money can you make in voice acting i mean can Uh, you can you ever get to the point where you need a wealth manager (laughs) well i said you know if you think about tom hanks voices woody in toy story uh i'm sure he has a wealth manager I, I, you know, I, it's it's like most things. You know, the the pyramid is narrow at the top, and the people at the narrow top end of the you know of the marketplace, I'm sure, are making enormous amounts of money. You know, if you get to the point where you're voicing for, you know, big film studios like Disney, like Marvel, like Pixar, I'm I'm sure the money involved is is substantial. But for the wide base of of voice actors, it, you know, you're 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 jobbing. You're you're making your way, and if you're lucky enough to to make your way enough that enough people hire you, uh, you can pay the bills and you know move forwards. Um, I, it's certainly not as easy as standing in front of a microphone and and talking. It's it, there's a as I have learned over the last five or six years, there's a great deal more involved than you give it credit for. What advice would you give to someone who says, you know? I, I, you know, one thing you hear is, well, I've always been told I have a great voice, which well, is yeah, a when that was starting me. point, you know, right? I, I was that guy that, you know, my wife said, oh, you know, you just round the dinner table and you do uh, silly Shrek impressions or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and you make your kids laugh. And that was me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and she said, oh, well, that was funny. Why don't you go and do something where you make silly voices? But actually, most of, most voiceover, you're not, making silly voices you know we talked about you know health and safety and uh things like that uh, it, it's for large corporates you know um uh, e-learning um you're it's just you you know you've got you've got to sound interesting because you're 
but it's just your voice. It's just, this is me, you know. It's like anything else. The more you put in, the more time you put in, the more effort you put in, the more likely you are to get something out. Yeah. And, and you know, that first step is I think a lot of people jump the gun completely when they think, okay, I should do this. And next thing you know, there's a studio in their house. But like, you know, for you, it was just taking taking that class or um, gets get some coaching or something. You know, there are some good actionable yeah, steps I, people I mean, can take. Well, we, and we have a, an extraordinary set of circumstances at the moment where a great number of people are stuck at home and, and wondering what to do. And a lot of those people were people striving to be on camera and theater actors. And a lot of those people are now saying, well, I can't do that. So maybe I'll do a bit of voice acting. And there was a, a, a wonderful picture. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners will have heard of the radio show called The Archers, which is uh, a BBC uh, radio drama that's the longest running audio drama ever. And, and the lead actor for that, they would normally go into a studio to record, there was a picture of him quite literally sat in his cupboard under the stairs, mm-hmm. you know, with blankets and a microphone recording his lines for the most beloved audio drama in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, there are many voice actors who you you would know. Like I heard an interview with um, one of the girls. Uh, she's got a role on SpongeBob SquarePants, which is much more, you know, well, <laughs> probably the American audience knows a little more. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so she she is recording in a closet in her house. And that's mm-hmm. not you know, it's really not unusual to do that. That's not a bad place to be. Correct. And and you see, I see a lot, you know, I'm a member of a lot of forums and, and people starting out in the industry, they're always wanting to know what microphone they should buy, you know, what uh, what piece of kit they should buy to help them be more successful. I, I don't do a lot of coaching, but I do a little bit locally. And and what I what I say is, look, if 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 100 people put, you know, put them in a room and they all decide they're going to be a voice actor. Um, a third of them may have a good voice, but they haven't got a good place Mm -hmm. in which to record. Um, you you know, so one of the, the key things that you must have is, is a quiet place and, and, and quiet means two things. It means that when you speak, there's not a lot of echo in the room that you're in. Um, and, the second quiet is you don't want a lot of noise coming in from outside. Uh, uh, so for those of us working from home, when when your neighbor starts up their lawnmower or their chainsaw, that's that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to have a quiet place. So a third of the people have got great acting talent, but they haven't got a quiet place. So the end user, the client who has a problem and is looking for a voice, is not going to hire them because the audio is not going to sound good. And you've got another third of people who've got no talent, but might have invested, you know, they're, oh, I've bought all this stuff. Now I'm going to be a voice actor, like you were saying. So they've got a great sounding audio, but they can't act. And then the final third of people are the ones that can act and have, uh, you know, a good place to record. So if you haven't got both of those things, you're going to be beaten by the people that do. So if you're starting out, know that you can act. And if you can't go and train and you know, get, get some idea of what performing is all about, because it's not standing in front of a microphone. And the second thing, look around your house and, and decide where you're going to work. 
because if you haven't got an appropriate place, you're going to have to think about how you create one. And, you know, six years later, I'm like, I, like many businesses, you know, I, I had, as I said to you, a, a 30 year career doing something else in business. So I approached this as a business and I have reinvested uh, in the business. Um, so I now have invested comfortably five figures into recording environment and equipment and training and coaching and you know i have an acting coach right right you know? and uh, coaching is i think a great place to start i think before you spend the first dime on anything um except maybe a microphone so you can communicate with your coach <laughs> i think co- you know having a coach will will hopefully if you hire a good one you got to be careful about because there's a million wolves out there um, but, you know, a good coach will help you even determine if it's something you can legitimately yes, and, and, do. And absolutely be mindful that you are starting a small business. Yes. You know, it's not just a creative endeavor. You do have to, I think it is important to be aware that there's a lot more to it than just making silly voices around the dinner table. Yeah. Like you said, <laughs> I, you know, cause I, I do this, um, also, you know, in addition to the podcast and so one one thing that you said that I think I can echo as being so true is probably at least 80% of your time is spent marketing, administration, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of the, the, the nuts and bolts of running a business. And then 20% of the time is actually it's that doing classic, the work. Yeah, and that's on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah, a good day. Age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. I, I, I probably record four clients somewhere between 250 and 300 times a year. You know, most days mm-hmm. I've got something to record for a client. But it um, takes a lot. You don't start out, you know, year one. That's not the case. Um, correct. And so you also probably need to be prepared if you want to get into this to not quit your day job. Yeah. I, I, early on, um, when I was, you know, I, I coached every week. I went to, to a studio every week for, you know, an ongoing kind of coaching, recording, training thing. Um, and early on, there was, a, there was a time I booked three jobs in six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I might have earned two or $300 during that period of time. Um, and this was being held up to the other people in the group as being success. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, for someone starting out. Uh, and, you know, now I, I struggle, you know, I struggle to think how how I thought I was making progress by doing that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, as, as with any business, startup business, so many, you know, it's a well-known thing, isn't it? That, that I don't know, it's probably that 80-20 thing, but 80% of startup businesses fail in their first year. Yeah, persistence Say. is just you know. so important. So how has COVID um, affected your business? Um, I think, I think in uh, about halfway through the year, sort of April, May time, uh, I think there was a little dip. For me, um, in many ways, I was fortunate again because I had two quite lengthy projects already underway when the lockdown thing started in what end of February ish mm-hmm. uh, for me. So I had work already booked, and uh, because I have a fairly loyal client base, 
uh, I have continued to work pretty consistently um, throughout throughout this period. Um, I, I'm it's a it's a business. The voiceover business has survived lockdown probably better than than many, and I I, I feel awkward about it sometimes. Mm. That that I'm doing okay, and so many people around me are are struggling, um, you know, and it's uh, that's hard to see, um, uh, you know, your friends losing their jobs and and you know their children not being able to go to school and you know that kind of thing. It's 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 hard, but um, yeah, so I've been quite lucky, uh, and the voiceover business, you know, you can imagine all these. All, all these corporates who have had to create new content about how their employees should behave mm-hmm. in terms of yes. keeping themselves and their colleagues safe. So that has resulted in quite a lot of um, uh, projects being being recorded. Uh, I've done, probably done my fair share as, um, you know, but, you know, mountains of that stuff. Yeah, you've probably uttered the phrase. In these uncertain times. <laughs> in these challenging times. In these challenging, yes. We live in extraordinary times. Unprecedented. <laughs> Unprecedented. Yeah, there, there are two or three. Yeah. yeah. To keep ourselves and our clients safe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, I've been both blessed and cursed, I think, by the, the COVID stuff. You know, I, I do radio or did radio or may do radio again full time. And um, my radio job was just eliminated. And I know that that was definitely in part due to the effect that COVID had mm-hmm. on advertising and things like that. But as mm-hmm. far as the voiceover part of it goes, um, that business, I definitely saw a bump as, like you said, because I do a lot of corporate um, animations and, and explainer videos. So, I mean, I think it's okay to accept the fact that, you know, it it hasn't necessarily been bad for everybody. You know, they, you know, every cloud has a silver lining, and right. in, in any every set of circumstances, there will be businesses that prosper, and there will be businesses that struggle, and we will end up coming out of it the other side, a very different, you know, world. I, I you know, you, how long is it going to be before we're prepared to step outside our front door without a mask? You know, could be a year or two, could be three. You know, Spanish flu was two, three years before. You know, everything was sort of inverted commas back to normal. And I'm sure it never went back to what it was like before. Right. And I think that's true for uh, for us as well as a society. I think there are things mm-hmm. that will never completely go back to normal. And some of those things are good. Some of those things are not good. But we hopefully can um, unite as people and be good to one another and um, come out as, as humans stronger, better people because of I, I, it. I think there is a chance for us to become more human. Mm-hmm. You know, more inclusive, more, um, more humanitarian. You know, to care more about our neighbours because they may be less fortunate than ourselves. I think, I hope that that might be something that comes out of it. I do too. All right, Ian. Anything else that uh, that we should that we should mention here before before I let you go? Well, I think one of the extraordinary things for me is the fact that I am British and I am in America. You know, one of the things about voice acting is that it truly is a global business run through the internet, and and I think it's extraordinary that someone like me can can wave my hands around in a box in the metaphorical middle of nowhere. Um, have a business that that is thriving. You know, it's uh, astonishing to me that that you know it's hard work. I don't I don't want to belittle it, but I think that's one of the perhaps for me personally one of the more unusual aspects. 
it is such a global um a global business like and and so so here i'm i'm very much obviously an american um but i have at least one regular client in england um you know i occasionally have to get my paypal payment in pounds yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) which sometimes is good Sometimes it's not so good. Well, exchange <laughs> rates and all the rest of it. Depending. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 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 it is such, I have clients, you know, I, I do work for people in the Netherlands, in India. I mean, it is it is pretty amazing to me sometimes just to stop. I think especially as someone who's nearing 50, um, to stop and think about, oh, oh my gosh, the fact that I can even do this and mm-hmm. it works that way is, is pretty yeah. amazing. And, and because we speak English. Uh, and that English is effectively the global business language. Our our skills transfer right across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite fond of saying, and, and it, it it works because it's true. Um, the f- remember I said I did six jobs, three jobs in six weeks. So the the first person that ever hired me was in New York, and the second person that ever hired me was in New Zealand. Wow. Uh, you couldn't be further apart. Right, and I think right. that experience helped me realize that actually there genuinely is opportunity for us all over the globe. Uh, you know, uh, I think my bio says something like I've done business all over in all four corners of the globe if a globe had corners. Yeah. <laughs> and and truly not that's not at all an exaggeration. Now, have you can you do an American accent? And is that something you would even care to do? Um, only when pressed <laughs> is, is the answer to that. Um, I, I, so my, my marketing is all about the British voice. Sure, if, sure. You know, so I'm clearly marketing myself as someone with a British accent. And, and, but there have been circumstances, for example, like audiobooks, where right. there might, an American character might appear. Uh, and you know, then I'll I'll do my my best effort at, at an American accent. But no, I'm not going to do it now. Um, <laughs> That's what I was really shooting but for. I, I have been hired professionally to record in over twenty different accents, most of them sort of English or British regional. You know, so I talked about doing a bad Shrek impression, but I lived in Scotland, so I'm quite happy to drop into a Scottish accent if you'd like me to. You know. I am actually I'm quite in awe of great audiobook narrators. I can do a few I can do a few accents um consistently and then I can do others that you know I'm not great yeah, with. Yeah, and and with audiobooks if the character is recurring throughout the book, they're so such long projects very often that you have to be very mindful of what what in the trade they call character slip or accent slip that the character ends up sounding different at the end of the book than they sounded at the beginning of the book. And you, I'm you, so in awe of people who do that and and do it well. Um, and while sometimes I bristle at how much it costs for an audiobook, I also yeah. am aware of just how much work goes into doing it and doing it mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. So that's that always amazes me. Yeah, I don't do a great deal of audiobook work for that very reason, that it's an enormous amount of work and, and the... The, the fee rate for it is relatively low compared to so many other mm-hmm. uh, genres. Oh, you do get asked once in a while, um, what what kind of work would you do if the, if you could do anything and nothing else? And and it it would for me probably be video games. Uh, they've been very good to me. Um, and and 
one of the other impacts that over the last few years I've noticed changing is, you know, we talked about Tom Hanks and, um, you know, other very well-known people who do voiceover for big movies. And, you know, they turn up at the San Diego Comic-Con and everybody screams and shouts. Um, But, you know, the days of the Hollywood superstar um, are are changing. And this whole Comic-Con ethos is starting to make voice actors the heroes of the youth of today. And I have... I have one, I'll just use this as the example because it's, it's a real example for me. But So I play a character called Vernon Locke in a video game called Payday 2. And he's from South Africa, so he speaks like that. And I had to attend a virtual, had to, I chose to attend a, a sort of a virtual charity event thing. And I didn't know really how big this game was at the time. And they said, you might want to create a separate Twitter account because once these people know where you are, they will blow your account up and it will cease to be useful to you. So I created a separate Twitter account for Locke and he has just, it's a fraction under 10,000 followers. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's by some distance, a fictional character more popular than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so I use that as an example to show how, uh, the, the awareness, you know, we talked about with, you know, TV commercials, the voice should be anonymous, but in video games and animation, particularly anime, um, uh, animation, the voice actors are starting to become the heroes, hmm. um, which is perhaps why we're getting this big upswell of young people saying, I want to be a voice actor when I grow up. Well, that's, I mean, that's got to be, that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for, for the, the industry, for sure. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So for sure is Locke's catchphrase. He says oh, really? for sure quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I, I knew it. I'm a big fan. So, yeah, so that's something I stumbled into quite early and, and uh, it took two years, but suddenly two years later, he he is pretty much a part of my life every day. Um, you know, what do I do every day? Every day I check his Twitter account because I run it, you know. Well, Ian, I've taken up way more time than I said I would, but this has been delightful. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time and just for sharing so much of what it's like for you to be a voice actor. And congratulations again on those One Voice Awards. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Thank you, Tammy. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Thing You Do. If you want to know more about Ian or about becoming a voice actor, I'll include some links in the show notes that should prove helpful. And remember, you can connect with me and other Thing You Do listeners on the Facebook page. You'll also get the scoop about upcoming guests and episodes there. Find it at facebook.com forward slash thing you do. And if you have a comment, an idea for an episode, you want to tell me about the thing you do, or you just want to say, hey, shoot me an email at Tammy at thingyoudo.net or call 405-355-8264. That's 405-355-8264, which also happens to spell 
Tammy. Also remember to subscribe to The Thing You Do wherever you listen to your podcast so you'll never miss a new episode. And I would be so thankful if you'd take just a second to leave a review. There are over one million podcasts out there and one of the easiest ways to kind of stand out from the crowd is to have lots of reviews. So that would be a tremendous help. Thanks again. And I hope you'll join me again next time for The Thing You Do podcast.